0: Hello everybody, this is your host, David Granadillo, and you're listening to Peace Through Vision, the podcast, brought to you by Victoria Castro and myself. You can find us on Instagram as at peace underscore true underscore vision, where you can review more information about our guests, their social media, and their work. I hope you're doing absolutely fantastic. These interviews are not intended to be a body talk. It is a conversation with professionals around the world in their field of expertise for you to find a call to inspiration and action. Welcome everybody and welcome to our guest.
1: All right. Um, well, my name is Theo. Um, I have the artistic name Theo Mizu for the music. And I'm basically, I'm a Brazilian, Brazilian-Japanese mix. For those who don't believe I'm Brazilian <laughs> and uh, I'm 24 now um, yeah I'm from Brazil I'm living in Brazil right now because of the, the crisis and uh, basically yes I'm been playing music for around six years around the world and that's me <laughs> nice
0: so tell us Theo what is your job
1: um, so I, I usually define my job as a traveling musician a traveling musician basically plays in different festivals and um, venues around the world pretty much touring all the time
0: okay but you are a musician you, you do have a band right or how, how do you get so, to make your music in each country
1: so um basically what i what i started doing like 3 years ago is because i started the this career solo and at certain point i started making arrangements for for a whole band for all my songs so basically uh, i own all my compositions and all the arrangements and basically i just go somewhere new and i find people to to join you know and to play the arrangement with me Um, so basically i am the band yeah, I like I carry with me all the all the, the arrangements, and I choose people that I like, that I think you know it's it's keen with the with the idea with the concept, and then we we play together. Although I get gigs before that, mm-hmm. before getting the, the people in the new band kind of thing.
0: So you have worked with a lot of different people in this three in these three years.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's a really nice experience, actually, to play the same arrangement with so many different people, like different skills, even different instruments of musicians. And it's it's really, it opens your mind, you know, to, Mm -hmm. wow, like new things you can do and to all the flavors you can explore in the same song, you know.
0: And how does your routine look like? I mean, how is your process of composing music?
1: Basically because I play um, like pretty much everyday guitar accordion and or piano mm-hmm. I'm always just trying to like explore new things in them and you know to get one song that I'm kind of like playing a little bit on the guitar and try that on the piano and then wow like I already see a whole new world and then I can pff, compose that on the piano and go to the accordion as well. So basically, um, in my routine, I'm I'm playing a lot, like practicing and composing, but I'm also doing the the work, like the managing and producing work. So I have to constantly be um, looking for new festivals, looking for contacts, um, emailing them, gathering material, even editing videos. I edit our videos and. And uh, yeah, some recordings as well. So I'm basically doing everything that I can just because, well, I I haven't found someone to be working with me that I'm like, yeah, this person works as hard as I'm working. You know, Mm -hmm. this person believes in my work as much as I do. I think that's the hardest thing. So for now, I prefer to just do everything, manage everything and have everything kind of under control.
0: And from what you tell us, it seems you always, you are always working with different people, right? Is it Mm -hmm. different? How, how is it different from having someone particularly with which you work all the time? And is it, you have more freedom if you're all the time changing faces and the people you collaborate with, or is more difficult?
1: Um, well, there are, of course, there are like um, good things and bad things about this. Mm. Um, one of the things that I feel uh, it's like the one of the hardest things is that I it's harder to to make the musicians create a lot of intimacy with the project mm-hmm. because you end up working with session musicians and session musicians they are playing like, five gigs a week with mm. five different bands. And, you know, they... Of course, they, they're, they like, there are many really good session musicians and everything, but I feel like it's harder to create the intimacy on them to be, like, oh, okay, I'm... I'm for example, I just released a, a new EP, the, the EP we recorded during the tour. And, uh, and basically, like, only two people that played with me, they shared it, but the other like 10 people that I've played oh. with the, these songs, they didn't share it because, I mean, they are doing their things, they're playing with their other people. So yeah. I feel like this is the hardest thing. Um, but on the other hand, like the, the easiest thing is that I, I have the freedom, as you said, to, to basically go anywhere and travel mm-hmm. anywhere. So I'm always i um, on my computer trying to get these gigs somewhere, uh, trying to get festivals and eventually venues. And, uh, and then I can just go, you know, as, long, as soon as I have the, the gigs, I can just go. And for sure, I'm going to find people because as I'm always traveling as a musician, I'm always just getting in contact with more and more musicians.
0: Awesome. So let's go back a little bit in your life. And I want to ask you, what was your dream yeah. when you were a child? Does it does your <laughs> talent today have to do with that dream you had as a child?
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's sorry, that's funny because um, when I was a kid, like I couldn't, I mean, I wasn't even uh, speaking properly yet, and and I was just my my grandfather was asking me, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And then I looked at him, and I was like. I want to be a traveler. <laughs> and then the whole family is like, dude, no, I'm so sorry, man, but that's not a job. You know, you, you got to do something. You, know, you got to do something to work and travel. And then I was like, yeah, like what? You know, this little kid doesn't know anything. And then my, my granddad is like, yeah, like a, a journalist, you know, a journalist travels and, and works so for like five years of my life, I was sure that I wanted to be a journalist, but but that's all because I wanted to travel. Actually, you know.
0: Right.
1: Um. So yeah, this is this is quite funny because I started uh, with the music with the music career, not yet traveling, and s- slowly, slowly, I just I think without even thinking that I just started to lean it you know, to direct it to a way that I could actually be traveling and playing in different places and getting to know different musicians, getting new references, because that's what lights the fire in me.
0: And how did you get there? I mean, when, when did you first, how did you decide it? How did it come to your mind? Like, I'm going to travel the world and I'm going to play music and I'm going to find venues and festivals. And what were you doing before? Something triggered that, or how
1: did it happen? Yeah, it's it's a really crazy story because I was so I, I've been playing music since I'm really young. Like probably flute since I'm five, um, guitar since I'm nine, mm. and um, basically I always music was always with me. I was that kid in high school that wouldn't go, uh, I don't know, to like little parties and you know be getting uh getting smashed up or something i was just the the kid that likes to be at home playing guitar um trying to compose stuff just i mean with no intentions or anything Mm. and when i was supposed to go to university i i really i didn't want to uh do music because i didn't want to screw up my hobby because it was always my hobby. Mm-hmm. It was always something that I would do and it would make me feel good. It would, you know, ease up things, ease up my mind. And um, so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that, but I really want to work with creation. So um, I decided to go study filmmaking in Malaysia because, well, I, I always had this thing that I wanted to go really far away. I always hated where I was and I always wanted to be like learning new languages meeting people from the whole world so I was like yeah I'm gonna go really far away I'm gonna go to Malaysia because I don't know anything about Malaysia and but I know there's this university that it's international and there is filmmaking Um, so yeah I went there and after one year I (laughs) already decided that I didn't want that anymore and Mm. And uh, I didn't know yet, but I had no money. I had some issues with the visa in the university. So I left and the cheapest flight was to Thailand. So I took that. I was couch surfing for like two weeks in Bangkok, in Chiang Mai, more to the north. And at a certain point, I found this little village called Pai, more to the north. And there it's it's pretty much like a village of cultural tourism so basically it's really small but it's got like 20 music venues and artists all around selling their stuff pictures um so basically I found this place I fell in love and some people some friends that I made there who were musicians they were like dude you can play like you can play here in 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 the bars in the venues and you know, you don't have to be working, like, in a hostel or something. So they put me to play, like, in the last 10 minutes of their gig. And boom, like, when I played that little bit, uh, I really connected with the public. And I was like, wow, this this is what I want to do. Mm. Like, uh that feeling of being connected to the public and you know sharing my my music with them and they are like giving it back to me, Oi. So that's that's the moment when I decided. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. But yeah, before that was was a long journey until I. It's pretty much I tried to stay away maybe, but uh, I couldn't escape from it.
0: Right, it's awesome what you tell us in the sense of you went actually to the other side of the world trying to look for a stable profession so to speak like you know the social mm-hmm. the social rule of having a degree and you were you went to the other side of the world looking for that and then one year later just the opposite happened and and you got what you were looking for
1: yeah that's that's, uh, that's basically yeah um the i i can tell that like i didn't feel a, a like a substantial change inside myself um in the first year i w- was in asia in malaysia like of course i was you know having all these different references and meeting different people mm-hmm. but i really felt like like inside like becoming an adult you know properly mm-hmm. doing doing something and, and getting money and living from that and all the responsibilities that I felt within three months in Thailand doing this, you know, so it was really like a life change.
0: What what would you say that got you, I mean, of course, you're kind of telling us that you discovered what you wanted to do right on the spot somehow, Uh but now that you have this career that you've been three years traveling and playing and meeting different people and producing a lot of music, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And at first you were actually telling us of how hard you work. So I want to ask you, is it vital to have discipline and organization or is more of a mm. having luck?
1: Mm, no, <laughs> definitely not. Um it's, it's all about hard work. It's, I mean, of course, like, um, I probably had some luck, you know, in my life to, to be where I am right now. Or like, I, of course I can't say, yeah, you, you do this and it's going to work and then it doesn't work. I don't know. But I feel from my experience, for example, last year, um, sorry, in 2018, in the end, we won a contest, as the the best street music band in São Paulo, mm. and we want some money, and that money, I we, I basically decided to get that money and straight away put it in a, in a production of a nice recording and, and a nice video, to start trying to to get a tour um, abroad, and and we did this really nice material. Uh, Really, a lot of work. We also we played. We recorded it with a brass trio, so we were like six of us in the studio. Really nice studio, and took like three months to release everything. Do the gigs. Um, then I was like, okay, I have a good material, so I'm gonna start emailing fe- venues and festivals around uh, Europe. And basically, I I mailed, I don't know, like two hundred places or something, mm-hmm. and I got. Two gigs, so I was like, instead of thinking like, "Fucking hell, man," I I just emailed like two hundred mm. people to get only two gigs. I thought straight away like, okay, a hundred emails, one gig; two hundred emails, two gigs. So in the end, I basically sent nearly two thousand emails within like seven and seven months, and. Phew, that's really hard work. (laughs) It really consumed me. But in the end, I I was able to get like 32 gigs for the whole tour in less than two months there. So I really believe that um, you really have to work hard if you want to do it because there are too many musicians. Everyone is, you know, kind of trying. Some are really trying. Some are not trying. Uh, If you try hard, you're going to get things you know, not necessarily because you're like, oh, uh, the new Freddie Mercury. No, it's because you're, you're trying hard and you're, you're being there. You know, people like I, I, I never did a website before. I have no idea how to and I had to for our project. So now people go on, on Google and, you know, or they put my name on the dot com and boom, there's a whole website full of material for things. So this is all I see that really uh, something necessary. You to to get credit as as a proper thing, you know, not like a oh, this guy's a musician, he's like uh, growing his hair long and smoking weed the whole time. Not that we aren't, but like we we, <laughs> we have to work hard and, and make it happen. Otherwise, it's not it's not a proper career, you know.
0: Right, right. And also um, the lesson I like. I like from that anecdote that you just said is not getting disappointed either. I mean with two hundred mm. emails, two hundred mails, sorry, two hundred mails and you get two answers. That'll be disappointing for some people. <laughs> and could you know, yeah. just let it there. But you actually took it as a challenge and all right, so then it's gonna be two thousand mails.
1: Yeah, man. That's that's why uh there are not so many bands like touring around so much, you know. Of course they are, but like at least uh, that we hear from from uh, South America, you know. We see that the bands are basically just sticking around here because it's not worth it most of the times to, you know, go and and do like ten gigs, fifteen gigs, and come back.
0: Mm.
1: For us, it would it wouldn't also be worth it. That's why I had to do like that, otherwise. You know, because by then I still had only one band, which is the band that I, the first one that I did here in Brazil and I went to England with them. So it was, we basically spent a lot of money and, you know, from all the gigs, we we were able to at least like pay for our things.
0: Right, right. Is there a moment of failure that you remember in these times you've been with this project? Like a moment you (laughs) fucked up (laughs) and what lessons came from it?
1: Man, I I don't think there's ever a moment when you're not messing it up. You know, I feel like it's uh, it's because um, how can I say that? Like you're not you're not developing a product specifically like that. People will kind of get that, use that and and be like. Okay, this is a good product. You know, it works here, and then thousands of people are using that. It's it's art, it's music, so you kind of have to find uh, the people who will be touched and who will understand and feel the concept of the music, and and that's like I'm saying, it's not. You know, I'm not even doing like experimental crazy music. I'm I'm. I do some like irregular rhythms and things like that, but always in a really like kind of a popular way for people to dance, to have fun, to, to get the new references, you know, get Arab references Mm -hmm. you know, they would never get. So, so I feel like you basically have to find these people. And of many times in life, you just can't, you know? So when I came back to Brazil, I started playing in in Thailand in two thousand fifteen. I came back to Brazil end of two thousand sixteen, and uh, until the end of two thousand seventeen, I basically couldn't find places to play. Mm. Every time I would, uh, I would play maybe like once a month. Comparing to Thailand, I was playing like five times a week. Mm. So, so that is like for me was the biggest step. The biggest challenge is was to. Uh, to be like, okay, I came back home now, no one sees me as a musician, which I've been already playing for two years, and no one, you know, sees that in me, so I have to get my public here, and I couldn't, and then the people in the city who were, like, from the independent music movement kind of thing, they wouldn't open for me, because Mm -hmm. they already had all all the, the people, their friends, and this and that, so... Basically, that was a moment when I was like, OK, what am I going to do? You know, I got really sad. I got really frustrated. Um, but then what I decided to do is get together with some friends here in the city San Jose and uh, we started making a little festival, like one day festival. Uh, from afternoon to evening with like four or five bands and uh, expositions, um, pictures, poetry, everything. Mm. And there I started performing in these festivals of mine and I also started meeting musicians and then I was able to actually start playing with a band. So I feel like, you know, this first uh, challenge which was, like, the biggest by then, made me really change a lot, made me go from solo to band. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, I don't see myself without the band thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I I keep doing solo, but, like, the band thing for me is something that I enjoy a lot, that I really... I put a lot of energy on it. So, yeah, Yeah, man, it's... That's amazing. All all challenges, they come for, for good, no? They teach.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, you you didn't have the platform so you created the platform Some, mm. somehow
1: like here in brazil there are not many people doing what we are doing which is wow well, it's what i call brazilian eastern fusion because mm. basically i'm a big fan of like middle eastern balkan clasma music and um, and then i'm mixing that with brazilian grooves which is which uh, they are they have all their power you now by themselves. Um, so yeah, mixing them and and it's it's great to see that it's hard to get the people to find the people who will be interested, but at the same time, you have people who are like, "Oh yeah, I finally found something like this," you know? <laughs> yeah. And how was the people in Europe? How did they receive the music? <laughs> wow, oof. Um, so good. I am the it was more than you expected yeah yeah i mean people always talk about how the the europeans they give more value and you know it's kind of like understood but we i mean i i didn't really expect to have basically all the gigs they were like full of people dancing all the time you know like old people kids uh really old people uh, I mean, everyone was dancing and everyone was buying T-shirts and CDs. We we sold all the T-shirts we we had. We had to take more and we sold them all again and the CDs. So basically it was uh, that they give so much value there. For them, it's, it's a thing, you know, to go out and listen to music and pay for that. And while here in Brazil, I don't know how is it, uh, in in all the other parts but here in Brazil if you say oh yeah let's go and uh, my friend he's doing a gig tonight let's go ah uh, you gotta pay yeah like two dollars ah so forget about it <laughs> you know while there is like what five pounds only no just take ten you know and give me a cd or something
0: and how do you deal with that with the reality versus profitability <laughs> in your line of work
1: so I feel like I am a really economic person so that helps a lot but I'm definitely like I don't see because how it, how it goes for this is basically you have months that you do a lot of money and you have then five months that you're doing really little money mm. so it's all about managing you know, the money that you have keeping the money that you get and and also being always like all the time trying to arrange new gigs, trying to get new tours, because that's what is giving money nowadays, you know? Like mm-hmm. if I would divide in, in a in hundred percent all my my income nowadays, I would say, I mean nowadays not because of Corona, but just before, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say like eighty percent of my income comes from from gigs. Then like fifteen percent comes from merch, which is like T-shirts and CDs that I sell, and five percent comes from from online uh, things, you know, like streaming and, and Spotify. Mm. Those. So basically, yeah, the the tours, the gigs, they they are essential to be to be like um, profitably possible as a career.
0: But do you often? Uh, I want to ask more specifically: Do you often say yeah. no to projects, or you quit some things that you're trying to create because of money?
1: Uh, you mean like uh, other people's projects or my things?
0: Your things.
1: No, I don't. I don't feel like I quit projects because because they're not profitable. I think. Uh, I mean, I think if something. I think if I'm going to quit something, I don't even start it, you know. Mm. So if I start doing it, it's I know that's going to be good. That's pretty much necessary. So uh, I spend, for example, a lot of time and money in, in material like recordings, videos, mm. uh, mixing, mastering this and that. Mm-hmm. And that's the money that I'm going to get back probably in like five, 10 years, mm-hmm. you know? So this is, but still like for me to have a nice material, uh, of my, of my project. Uh, let's say I, I did this song. I really want to do a video and I know this guy that I, I love his work, you know, on Instagram, I follow him and we've done things together. So right now I'm like, yeah, I want to do a, a video with him. Uh, I'm not having gigs now. I'm not, you know, but I, i did the tour i have some some money saved for for the project and oof like it's going to be really nice to have a proper nice video of that online and just slowly attracting more people and you know reaching out the fan base so it's yeah i, I do lots of little things like that not because of the money that's going to bring me straight away but uh, investing to make the project bigger and yeah, more creditable.
0: Cool. And so Theo, when have you hated your profession or what is it that you don't like?
1: (laughs) I love these questions. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, definitely when I was trying to arrange the the tour, I hated that because I was, uh, I mean, I was literally for like seven, eight months not sleeping properly because of course the, the time zone, no. So for them, when it's like eight o'clock there, when they were kind of supposed to be to start working, he was 5 a.m. Uh, so I would, I couldn't sleep because I would be like waking up a little bit and checking my phone all the time to see if I would get any new emails. And then boom, five o'clock, six o'clock, oh, six o'clock. Boom, I got a new email. Okay, wake up go back to the computer and be in the computer the whole day. And then Mm -hmm. when it's like night, I don't know, like uh, 10 p.m., 11 p.m., I would be like, yeah, they're sleeping. But if I mail them now, they're going to wake up with my email. So I would be until like 1 or 2 a.m. emailing them, go to sleep, wake up again, 4, 5, 6, just checking. So by that time, I really hated it. because it's it's the boring part of of the the music career is managing producing you know all this and I'm I'm only I'm only like I mean after we did the tour for me it was already like boom so good that it was worth it for sure like not even thinking about you know oh, how shit it was I'm just thinking like yes I did it. So yeah, I feel like I you have to love it so much, and I love music so much that I don't see myself doing anything else. So you know, I uh, I have to go through these things to to get amazing things, and and I'll go through them because I love it. If I wouldn't, if I didn't love it so much, I would have given up for sure, just like any other musician, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: okay, Emilio. So. Getting to the last act of our conversation, I wanted to ask you because, um, you know, we are living very weird times in a global pandemic where millions of us are forced to stay at home practicing social distancing, and it's a very weird moment in life, and especially for certain professions, such as yours, for instance, which social distancing it's like the worst, right? Yeah. I want to ask you how how are you dealing with your profession in isolation, and how are you continuing your creativity? What are you doing? How are you working, etc. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Basically, this corona came as a, a big bomb for the whole um, class of artists, uh, especially musicians, because gigs were. And festivals were the first thing to to stop, and will be the last thing to come back. Yeah. So uh, basically, I'm i have I'm left with mostly with the boring part of the job, <laughs> which is keep on you know the updating social media, uh, doing yeah emailing. I mean, I haven't been emailing people much because I I don't know I have no idea when gigs will be back. Right. but at the same time I feel like I feel like it's been a really creative uh moment for me and for a lot of people um it's because uh, as as I was saying like there, I don't nowadays I don't struggle as much as I used to but I've struggled a lot uh with with money you know especially mm-hmm. when I came back to Brazil and I couldn't play and And, um, having, so I was, I was struggling a lot with the money and I couldn't properly have time to stop and create Mm. like with my mind free, you know, I would always be uh, like thinking, how can I make money? I have to make money, make money, make money. And, uh, so probably if I had answered that question a year, years ago, it would be different, but. Yeah, now, now I feel like um, because I came from back from the tour, I just came back, and the government here in Brazil, uh, they are they approved a, a little, how do you call that? Like a little help
0: mm-hmm.
1: for for uh, uh, informal workers, which is me and a bunch of other professions. All right. Uh, so we're getting some money from the government and uh basically we're not spending with anything because we're not going out we're not doing anything yeah um so it's like for the first time i'm actually you know i've been for two months already just really not worrying about the money about making money not about spending but about making money and that's just given me like a a full clear mind to 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 do what i what i love like to to compose as i love to to really f- listen to my feelings to listen to myself inside and express that which should this should be happening the whole time for music but unfortunately we got to make the money and mm. and many times you're just worried about that but but yeah answering your question i feel like these have been really creative moments i've been composing a lot I've been recording things here in my house. Uh, I've been even like putting my siblings to record things with me and oof basically it's it's been for that, it's been way better than what I thought it, it could be. I mm-hmm. really thought it would be a time of everyone is just my uh, mentally stuck and you know no references, nothing but wow, it's been it's been. Uh, yeah, I mean, just completing because yeah, for creation it's been amazing, but money-wise, yeah, it's hard because I, I'm just getting the money from the government and I'm not getting an income properly, just online things and everything. But yeah, as I'm, as I'm getting this money from the government, <laughs> we can we can all thank, also not no, don't put that. <laughs> <laughs> All these new songs. <laughs> no
0: fucking way that I'm putting that
1: in. <laughs> <laughs> or put that with this ending that to make sure <laughs> we're not agreeing with this guy. <laughs> okay. That's it.
0: <laughs> okay, so if tomorrow there is no more pandemic, what are your plans? How are you seeing your future? What are your goals to be achieved? The consternations from those
1: goals that's actually interesting because this weekend now uh, that we are doing this this interview is actually the the first weekend of what was supposed to be my spring tour. Mm-hmm. So it was basically supposed to be in England uh, from the beginning of this week to uh, probably for like two months or something. So I guess if there was no pandemic anymore. F- that's, that's what I would do. I mean, uh, I would go there again. And, you know, I've been planning that since uh, o- o- October. Yeah, October, November, I started emailing people. So I got, I had maybe like 15 gigs for now, for May and June, which all got canceled. So, uh, I mean, boom. If there was no pandemic anymore, yeah, I would go there and just call everyone again and be like, okay. Where's my gig again? There's no more virus. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, keep on movement. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Life is, as I said, you know, like all challenges, they, they teach us so much. We grow so much from challenges that we, you can't avoid challenges, you know. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in the same place, doing the same thing with mild uh, fulfillment.
0: So, Theo, and last question I want to ask you before you actually recommend everyone where to listen to your music, where to go and find you on Instagram, etc. I want to ask Mm-mm. you, I know this is kind of our cliché, most cliche question to all guests, but since this is a podcast intended to give inspiration to people and a call to action... I think your story is very attractive in terms of going there and pursuing what you're thinking you're best at and not, maybe, yes, fearing a lot, but doing it, you know? Doing it, going out there, working for it, not putting yourself in an in a inferior position. So what would your advice be to someone that maybe has all these talents and he's thinking from hearing from you right now, like, it's crazy. How the fuck am I going to go to Thailand and sing in fucking festivals? You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what would your advice be to someone that is very, very entitled to social rules and, and doesn't know how to make that jump and pursue what mm. they love the most?
1: You know. I would say, well, a bunch of things I would say, but I think mainly... There is one thing in life that at least life has showed me this, that if you, uh, like, this is also a bit cliche, but it's that story of you can't, if you keep trying to teach the fish how to climb a tree, you're just going to keep on, you know, making it frustrated. And, Mm -hmm. and, but if you boom, put him to swim, it's going to be, it's going to be the best one. So, that's what I believe, like, if you like something, if you love something, if you want to pursue something, you should, you shouldn't wait for it, um, you know, I, every time, every now and then, I hear some story of, I don't know, this, uh, well, this dude, you know, when he was, like, since he was a kid, he used to love playing with legal, and, you know, he, like, all his siblings all were building stuff in Lego and da-da-da, but then they grew up, they stopped. But this sibling, he didn't stop. He kept on playing, and, and nowadays he's like one of the manager of da-da-da inside Lego, you know? <laughs> so it's basically, yeah. like, there are so many things in this world that we can do, yeah. and definitely something to do with the thing that you love to do. So as long as you love what, you do, what you're doing, you're going to do it with so much um, fashion, with so mu- with truth. Right. And that's what's going to open true doors for you. Uh, you. If you're working for something you don't like, to someone you don't agree, and and then you get achievements, you're like, okay, yeah, here's the achievement. Go for it. Yeah, good luck. But if you have that achievement with something, you know, uh, the first time someone came and, and being like, bought a CD from my work because they liked that. And I was like, oof, that feeling of, you know, I'm, I'm crazily doing something that I believe so much about it. And of course, deep, deep inside, you know, that not everyone will believe on that truth, but you, you're you bringing the truth with all the truth you have. And boom, in this way, you're going to open the doors that that are for you.
0: Right, and, and as you said, doing what you love. I think one of the biggest problems is that people do things they don't love. And I know it sounds yeah. cliche, but man, <laughs> it's kind of obvious. Yeah. If you don't like it, if you're not liking it, what you're waking up every morning for, then what the fuck are you doing there,
1: right? Exactly. Um, yeah, I just want to add one, one little thing, which is I think is really important for, for this Uh, which is like for people who really like me, who want to, who like to be abroad, who want to travel and, you know, be meeting people from all over the world, languages, cultures. uh, The the easiest way for this to happen is to go and, and that's it. Because if you're, oh, I'm, I'm here in Brazil and I want to do, I don't know, I want to go to Asia, I don't know, maybe volunteer or maybe work. And then you start like looking for pages online and you can only find like not reliable stuff or only stuff in Thai. I don't, it's, it's really hard to, to like properly do it if you're not there, you know, if you're mm-hmm. there, it's, it's much easier. Things just come to you. Uh, The same way I I took eight months to to arrange the the tour in the UK. But once we were there, we got like three new gigs, four new gigs, just like that. So that's, if you you really want to go, you just go. I mean, no one's gonna, nothing's gonna, uh, there will always be people willing to help you as long as you're taking the truth with you and the love, yes
0: yeah and and having the courage to go and experience it honestly since we i I mean with you and i we have the experience of asia of southeast asia right not a lot of people have had that experience so for everyone that can hear us and hasn't done that asia is a super openly place to western people and uh, like You know, I know, I'm sure Theo knows a lot of stories like this one, but you can get to Vietnam and in a week get a teaching job for English. You know, it's uh, you have so many possibilities over there that as Theo says, if you go through unreliable sources on the Internet from this side of the world, you will be unsure. But being there, I'm sure everything is going to flourish. You can find anything. And even if you don't like it, you can come back. I mean, it's not like you're going to get fucking kidnapped in the middle of... <laughs> that could happen, <laughs> That's like I guess. <laughs> but you can get kidnapped everywhere in the world. I mean, come on. Yes, A lot of people yes. have this wrong idea of, of Asia and stuff. But come on, it's just like anywhere in the world. It has mm. the dangerous parts. It has the cool parts, etc. Yeah. Anyways... I mean,
1: better not, not to avoid doing anything in this life because of fear, no? Because then uh-huh. we only got this one.
0: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we only got this one. Uh, but anyways, uh, this turned out to be just us bragging about Southeast Asia. All right. Uh, before we go, Theo, please let everyone know where to find you, where is your music, where to follow you, etc.
1: Okay, um, yeah, I'm, I'm basically uh, really active on Instagram for like pictures and videos, but I am pretty much everywhere. I've got a website, I'm all streaming platforms such as Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Deezer, SoundCloud, I am in all of them. And um, And yeah, if you want to Google my name just to see what's going on there, you know, there are lots of pictures as well, YouTube. Uh, i mean it's hard not to check out so go and do it
0: <laughs> so you are everywhere as theomizu
1: theomizu yeah um what stuff i've done with the band theomizu and banda um but in general it's theomizu or theomizu music and that's it theomizu i'm i'm the only one doing something as theomizu in the world <laughs>
0: Alrighty, we're gonna link you anyways in all the descriptions. Um, awesome. And so, before you go, recommend maybe an artistic work you like. It can be a book, a movie, a series, an album. <laughs> to the people in quarantine, what to hear, what to watch. Ooh, that's hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I I would say. Well, I've recommended myself already, so let's see what next. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a big fan of the, the the music with different references, so I would say go. Well, I have a good a good uh, one actually. So, I I found this project which is like. Um, ethnic orchestra workshop project. And they have that in many different places in the world. And they pretty much for 10 days, they get musicians from all around. Each one comes with a song from their country, from their culture. Uh, You put that song for the whole orchestra. And then in these 10 days, we put like 30 songs together, 25 songs together. And we do like a bunch of gigs and then everyone's gone. So, it's a really uh, nice, a really powerful project, and the one I've done in Catalonia last year. Uh, it's it's they just released it online, so I I really want to recommend that because wow, well, I'm getting goosebumps every time I listen to it. You can find it as Ethno Catalonia. Uh, it's on Spotify. Uh, the the name of the album would be Folk Summer. 2019. Yeah, that's it. All that's right. that's a really beautiful work of many musicians from all around the world and uh, two great artistic leaders that uh, made arrangements that wow, you cry. So that's my recommendation for you guys.
0: All right, Theo. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. being part of the podcast and for being here with us, saying
1: yes to the invitation. It was a great yeah. talk. Thank you, man, for inviting me and for uh, not being too angry about my 20 minutes delay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, man, no worries. No fucking (laughs) worry. All right, brother. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks. Good, Good hearing from you as well, man. Take care, huh?
0: All right, everybody, thank you for listening. This was Peace True Vision. Remember, you can find us on Instagram as at peace underscore true underscore vision for further information on our guests and the upcoming episodes. Stay tuned.